أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فلما بلغ معه السعي قال يا بني إني أرى في المنام أني أذبحك فانظر ماذا ترى قال يا أبت افعل ما تؤمر ستجدني إن شاء الله من الصابرين فلما أسلما وتله للجبين وناديناه أن يا إبراهيم قد صدقت الرؤيا إنا كذلك نجزي المحسنين رب الشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يقه قولي فالحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته so today, inshallah, I'll be talking to you about the ayat pertaining to uh, the instruction given to Ibrahim salam to sacrifice his child. Uh, so the last thing we read was that Allah gave him the good news of a boy that is Halim. Uh, Ismail salam has interesting attributes in the Quran. Classically, there was a difference of, of opinion among our scholars. Imam Razi has done a pretty good comprehensive job of collecting the opinions on both sides of scholars who thought that the son to be sacrificed was Ishaq as opposed to the son to be sacrificed that was Ismail. Uh, from my own humble opinion, um, I, I find the evidence for Ismail Islam to be far stronger. Um, and, you know, our historical evidence, textual evidence, you know, Quranic evidence even, that points to Ishaq salam not being the son to be sacrificed, but rather Ismail salam uh, being that son. And those evidences can be discussed at a later time. But for those of you that are that are familiar with the Arabic language, Imam Razi's, um, you know, uh, synopsis of the subject is really comprehensive. It's a really good read. Anyway, so uh, now he's he's got a child who's a boy now. But then Allah says, "Falamma balagha ma'ahu sa'iya," when he was when he when the boy reached the age of running, along with him, meaning along with the father. The word sa'i can be used literally for running. It also can be used for performing tasks, you know, making effort, meaning helping with the chores around the house, you know, taking care of the cattle, building the, build, you know, digging the well, whatever work is happening, right? So now the boy is, you know, some ulama say 13 years old, others say a little bit even older, but it's interesting the language that Allah used uh, with the word ma'ahu. So the first thing we should notice here is something about Ibrahim salam, who's in his very old age, and yet he is doing tasks and his son is doing them with him, right? So it's actually the son that became strong enough to keep up with the dad. That's how the language is. So he's a man in his 80s and yet he's running around and he's hunting and he's doing farming or whatever the work that he is, tasks that he is, is doing is what he's doing. From it, you actually get implicitly a powerful sunnah of Ibrahim salam of actually being physical or of doing your best to remain physically capable. Right to actually physically uh, develop endurance, to develop strength, and to maintain that strength going into old age, to the point where you know what happens in so many cultures is we have unhealthy eating habits, and we have you know basically sitting around all day, barely walking around. And if we somebody walks ten steps, they're like, ah, today was exhausting. I had to walk. You know, we have that kind of a culture, and as a result of that, there are lots of joint problems, like lots of dietary issues, lots of you know, gastroenterology issues. 
directly related to psychological issues too, because your physical health, you know, affects your psychological health, um, cardiovascular health because of our diets and things like that. And all of that is actually implicitly against the spirit of the legacy of Ibrahim. He's in his old age and he's running around. And his son, his young son is keeping up with him. Like he gets strong enough and fast enough to be able to keep up with his dad. So we have to make it a point to actually to do that. I mean, if you think about the sunnah of our own Prophet wasallam, he receives the, the risala, he receives the message when he's 40, which means the heaviest burdens, the heaviest tasks, physically, psychologically, that he had to lift in his life, started at the age of 40. And for a lot of people, by the time they're in their 40s, they're like, oh, I'm done now. My youth is over. Ah, oh, you young people, you know. He's, you know, just just to, to comprehend the, the swords back in the day, right? The swords were a good 50, 60 to 80 pounds. You know, we're talking about 40 to 50 kg sometimes of a sword. And they have to, they, they can't just pick the sword up this way. They've got to wield it this way, this way, that way and defend. And the shields were heavy and the armor was heavy. These people were carrying heavy weights and they had enough mobility and enough, you know, strength and agility to be able to, to, to do that, you know, riding on a camel, riding on a horse, right? You have to have an incredible amount of lower back strength, core strength, shoulder strength to be able to hold on to the reins and that for hours and hours and hours, for hours, right? So this, this is actually something that is um, implicit even in the Quran. Gather for yourselves whatever you can of any kind of power, right? And then back in the day, that meant gather swords, gather bows and arrows. But you know what? If you don't have good back strength, how are you going to pull a bow? Have you ever tried to pull a bow and the kind of strength and, you know, uh, endurance it takes and the kind of muscle, you know, uh, you know, uh, stability you need to have to be able to do something like that, right? So when Allah says gain power, what's, what good is a sword if you can't pick it up? You know, you have a thousand swords, you know, so that's not, so the, the point, the first point I'm trying to make is actually physically remaining active and mobile and agile to the point where a lot of people are actually, they're, they're much younger than Ibrahim salam and their grandparents, right? So, because he, Allah gave him a child at a very old age, people much younger than that, people in their 60s, late 50s, early 70s, they become grandparents, Right? And if, the, if you're a grandparent and you're like, well, my, my, my job is now to sit back on a couch and watch my kid. No, you know what? Maybe you should just get on a treadmill, go for a walk every morning, do a little bit of exercise. Don't hurt yourself. But at least even if you're, if you're a senior, if, you're, if you've reached a certain age, it's never too late to try to fix yourself up. And that's actually something I wanted to emphasize that's embedded inside of this ayah and it shouldn't be ignored. That's inside the words, فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ مَعَهُ السَّعِيَةِ So now, He's reached the age where he can run around. And then Ibrahim salam tells him, He said, my, my beloved son, I keep seeing in my dream. I say, I keep seeing because the ara is mudari', which yadullu ala al-istimrar. It alludes to continuity. So Yusuf salam's dream was used with the past tense, suggesting he only saw the dream once. The dream of the 11 stars, the sun and the moon. But Ibrahim salam's dream is in the present tense form, suggesting a kind of continuity. I keep on seeing this dream that I'm slaughtering you. And the reason he's telling his son this dream is because 
the intelligent one can take a hint. He knows his father is a prophet. And if his father is saying, I keep seeing this in my dream, he knows his son will know that this is actually revelation. Mind you, this is a 13-year-old boy. So we have to take a step back and say, he's speaking to a boy instead of coming and spelling out to this boy that Allah has given me revelation that I need to kill you. This is not from me. This is from Allah. That's not how he spelled it out. Because, you know, a young kid is stupid. So you should try to spell things out to a young child. Nope. Child is pretty intelligent. What Im Im implicit inside of these ayat is not, never to underestimate the intelligence of children and to actually treat them, to, to treat them with intelligent conversation, to not coddle them and baby them. It's a very unhealthy culture where, you know, parents talk to their kids like they're idiots. Or they, they you know, from the very beginning, I've talked about this in some videos before, we, we talk to our kids and when we talk to them, we sound like we have a mental disorder. Like, would you go to... They don't even, their teachers don't talk to them like that at school. Their teachers talk to them normally. Kareem, did you finish your homework? No. Why didn't you finish your homework? How was school? How you go? Like, what are you doing? You're, 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 you're actually melting your child's, you're, you're teaching them not to be mature around you. You're, you're, you're robbing them of maturity. And you're robbing them of intelligent conversation. And you know what they develop? They developed a sense that my teachers, my friends, others, they can have, they can, they have the capacity to have intelligent conversation with me, but my parents don't. My parents just say, oh, it was good, it was a good, it was good. That's, that's what they want. And that's what I'll give them. Kids are smart enough to turn into chameleons. You know what a chameleon is? It changes colors, right? It camouflages itself. So your kids, so you will be surprised. Some of you who baby your children, if you were just to hide behind a wall and hear your kids talk to their friends, you'd be like, that's my child? That sounds like an adult. How are they talking like that? I didn't even know they had kind of they had that kind of vocabulary, and then when you come, how are you? You know, they, they turn into somebody else. Why? Because we don't have real conversations with our kids. This is the same thing that happens in Surah Yusuf. Yaqub salam tells his son, "Don't tell your brothers this dream." He has a very adult, serious conversation with his child. Why? Because even though children are developing, you know, uh, psychologically, they're developing emotionally. That doesn't mean that they don't possess a great amount of intelligence and a great amount of analytical skill. But we have to foster that. Allah, the, the human mind is an incredible thing. It's, it's a sponge. Whatever you give it, it will take. That's why kids that are five, six year, years old can memorize Quran faster than older kids. They could, because their minds are sponges. So we have to, we, we, we have to you know, hone in on that. So the fact that Ibrahim turns to his 13 year old boy and says, I see a dream that I keep killing you, and he doesn't get a teenage response, and I don't have to give you scenarios of what teenager response looks like, right? You, you get teenage responses at home all the time. In fact, you even get teenage responses now from seven-year-olds. You know? What are you doing? What? What is it? You know, the attitude. Why doesn't he have an attitude? Is this like something Allah just, you know, some blessed rain came from the sky and dropped on Ismail salam's head and now he talks like this? No, he was, he was trained a certain way. He was raised a certain way. He was, he was developed. He was nurtured. He was, his mind, his heart, his emotions were nurtured a certain way by his father to the point where even when the father brings such shocking news that he's able to handle that maturely. You know, adults couldn't handle something like that maturely. There are adults who don't know how to handle their own emotions, how to keep their composure. And here you have a child who's keeping completely composed and he's so composed that the father can tell his son this. You know, by the, by the way, the Bible, 
does not say this. The Bible, the Quran is actually contradicting and correcting the Bible in the story. You know what happens in the Bible? He doesn't tell his son. He says, we're going to go for a, a sacrifice. Allah wants a sacrifice on top of the mountain. Take some wood, take some oil, take the stuff, take the rope. Let's go. And halfway up the mountain, the son says to the father, uh, we didn't take a lamb with us. What's, what are we going to slaughter? And he says, oh, Allah, God will provide us a lamb to us when we get on top. Like he lied to his son. <laughs> and then when he falls asleep, he ties him up and lays him down to kill him. That, that's the conversation in the Bible. Right? Because in that account, what does it seem like? The, the, the kid wouldn't be able to handle the news. The Quran restores the, the integrity of Ismail salam, restores the credit that, that is due, and says, no, he actually told his son when, he, when they hadn't even acted on anything yet. He just saw the dream and he told his son. Now the thing is, we have, we have family situations. Some of you have parents. Forget children, you have parents. You couldn't tell them something because they can't handle it emotionally. You keep things from them. You have a spouse, you can't tell them openly because they'll lose their mind. They, they can't handle that kind of conversation. If you're having some kind of a serious conversation, you'll go in the other room and have that conversation because if they overhear, there's going to be drama because they don't possess the, 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 the ability the stability to actually even deal with their own emotions. And they'll put their own instability on you. They'll bring their chaos and explode it on top of you, right? So when we study these ayat, we should actually just look at the human side of them too. Like there's a human component here of a father talking to a son and the son, the, the father actually recognizing as wise as he is that he can share this with his son, right? Now compare this to another situation. Yaqub sons, he tried his best to nurture those kids. They didn't come out that way, did they? So he can't, they can't even be told basic news. They can't even be told your brother has a dream. They can't handle that. So there are different psychologies, right? So there is this, this incredible dynamic that was nurtured in this remarkable boy. And he has hilm in him. He has this forbearance and this maturity, this emotional maturity in him that is able that he's able to, to absorb that news. So he says, I keep seeing in my dream that I'm slaughtering you. Then you take a good look, think about it. What do you see? What do you think? He's asking a boy what he thinks. When when you know we do we do we honestly take counsel or advice or hear out what our kids have to say? Like if I if I tell some someone to do something, do we say, so what do you think? Hey, I want you to I want you to do this task. I want you to clean up this this, but what do you think? Oh, I think I don't want to do it. <laughs> but there's no room for what do you think? You know what you should think? You should think dad told you to do it. That's what you should think. You should think you have 10 minutes left. That's the only thing you need to be thinking. Like it's a very top-down, because I said so kind of approach, right? This is a command from Allah. He could be telling his son, well, this is from Allah. I can't say anything about it, so you can't say anything about it. If I can't even question it, who are you to question it? But even then, what does he do? He takes his opinion. He says, tell me what you think. This is actually a profound lesson in leadership. Ibrahim salam is our father. And, that, and before he's our father, he was a father to this child, wasn't he? And so his role as a father becomes a role model for all fathers and all people in any power dynamic, in any situation where you have leadership. Rasulullah was commanded to take consultation from his sahaba. A man who receives wahi from Allah 
He gets consultation from Allah directly. He doesn't need consultation from other human beings. But Allah commands him, Shawudhum fil Amri. Take their consultation when you make a decision. Why? Because this is important in giving someone space and making them feel valued. In fact, if somebody, if, if, if in your family there are kids that are going through depression or you're going through depression, or someone you know is going through, they feel worthless, they feel useless, etc., etc. One of the big secrets behind that might even be nobody ever asks their opinion. No, nobody ever values what they have to say. Nobody even thinks, maybe I should ask what you think. Maybe I should ask what you consider. You could feel like that at work if your manager never asked you what you think. Right? They, they, they hate me at my job. They think I'm worthless. Because I saw him asking this one. I saw her asking that one. They never asked me because I'm worthless. Right? If you want to acknowledge the worth of someone, then you don't just ask for the sake of asking. You ask because you really want to know. And he, the, both words, fanvur, madatara, nadara, and ra'a. Both of these words are used for seeing. So take a look, what do you see? Literal translation, take a look, what do you see? Right? But looking and seeing are actually figurative words for thought. I want you to think about this deeply. Nadara is actually take your time and look at something. So he's telling his son, I want you to really contemplate this. I've told you this, I'm going to give you time to process this. Take a deal, And then let me know what you think. So it's fanvur madatara. So he's giving his child time to process what's been said and, and, and give it a lot of thought and then come back to him. And so when he does that, qala, and all of this is one ayah. So this is a, this is a continuum. He says, the son says, Ya ma tu'maru. My, my beloved father, do what you've been told. The, the, the son does not say, so you want to kill me, huh? Oh, yeah, okay. First you leave us in the desert and my mom had to go find water. And now this. You just hate us, don't you? Like you just want to get rid of us. This is this is you're just the best dad ever. You know what? You know, you don't get any of that. You know why? Because he understands that some things that his father even did were never his doing, they were a command of Allah. Right? So he's able to sit he, he's able to sit, even though the words are coming from his father, the instructions are coming from his father, the actions are perpetrated by his father, but there's a distinction between what came from Allah. And what's actually being done by the father. And a mature human being, a mature believer, is able to separate those two things. What is deen and what is a person? Right? And he's not judging his father for what Allah is telling him. He, and when, he's, when he sees that it's from Allah, then he has no person. In fact, he doesn't even have a grudge towards his dad. He says, Ya Abati, my beloved father. Like he loves his father, he recognizes things from an, empath, from an empath point of view. He sees how hard it must have been for my old father, who finally had a child. By the way, he's the only child at this point, right? The only child. And now he's old enough to run around, to be the future, to be the aspiration that he should have been. And then on top of all of that, now Allah has told him to sacrifice. In fact, this is the second time Allah has told him to sacrifice his child. Not the first. The first time Allah told him to sacrifice his child is when he left them in the middle of a desert. Wasn't that sacrificing your child too? That's death. And then when he finally, they survive, Allah does it again, says it again. You know, on judgment day, human beings will run from their parents, their spouse, and their children. Right? So, you know, min ummihi wa abihi wa sahibatihi wa banihi. Right? And then after akhi, it's the, the parents, the spouse, and the children. Look at Ibrahim alayhi salam's life. He had to... He was tested with parent, spouse, and child. All three. All three in this life. 
What a remarkable test. And so when he says, yeah, the son says to the father, Ya Abati, my beloved father, he's actually recognizing things from father's point of view. He's not, he's not drowned in his own feelings. He can actually see my dad's actually having a really hard time and he's still coming before Allah with a sound heart. I love him for it. I can see what he's doing for the sake of Allah. So he says, Ya Abati. And he says, If Alma Tu'mar, do what you've been told. Do, do, do as you've been, you've been commanded. I know this isn't you. Tu'mar the Na'ibul Fa'il is actually really interesting here because he's saying, I know this isn't you. I know this is from Allah. Now let's bring this to real life situations in your life and mine. Because these stories, Fihi Dhikrukum, these are your stories and my stories. This, the, the lessons inside of them apply to all of us. You can have a, a father who comes home and says, listen, I know I couldn't find a job before and that's why I took this job even though it's not quite halal but now I found another job. It pays 30% less so we're going to have to make some sacrifices at home. We might have to sell the second car. We might not be able to go on vacation. We might do this, 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 this. We might have to move to a smaller apartment but we'll be in the halal. But I, miss, I made a decision that I'm leaving that job and I'm taking this job because my conscience is clear. Yeah? And the family explodes. Oh, you hate us, don't you? You just want us to be miserable. Oh, you think you're just... This, this is not because of Islam. This is just because you hate us. They can't separate the command of Allah from the person, right? But if they could recognize... If, if, we, if, we, if we nurtured our kids properly and we saw that, a, that the head of a household is making a sacrifice, but he's doing it in order to stay within the shade of Allah's command, right? Then you wouldn't... You, you, you wouldn't direct your hatred towards them. You wouldn't direct your spite towards them. Mothers sometimes have to make a tough decision. Spouses sometimes have to make a tough decision. Only so they can obey Allah. And then on the other hand, you don't hear, Ya Abatif Alma Tu'mar. They don't hear, My beloved dad, do what you've been told. You're right in doing what you're doing. I know it's hard for you too. You know? This is the supportive nature of family that Allah describes in the life of Ibrahim. And this is actually one of the most powerful answers to the dua ya allah give me good people and give me the gift of good people in my life right the, the good people is that your family that supports you when you're trying to obey allah your family that is supportive of you when you're trying to obey allah because the vast he he has lived a life where he was trying to obey allah his father was against him remember and nuh alayhi salam his wife is going to be against him and lut alayhi salam his wife is going to be her, is going to be against him rasulullah his uncles are going to be against him yaqub alayhi salam his children are going to be against him Prophets had families that were against their, their practice of the deen. But Allah answered his dua after testing him with that, you know, that antagonism. Allah gave him a child that is surrendering to Allah like he is. Ya abatif alma tu'mar, satajiduni insha'allahu minas sabirin. What, you know, and I'll conclude with this. What a remarkable expression of uh, self-awareness. You will find, if Allah wills, that I will be from those that have sabr. So he doesn't just say, I'll, I'll have sabr. I have sabr. I got this, dad. Don't worry about it. He says, you will find, if Allah wills, that I will have sabr. In other words, theoretically, I'm in agreement. If Allah, this is Allah's command, I'm going to do, you need to do what you're told. Let's head to the mountain and you do the sacrifice that you've been commanded to do. And I cannot guarantee you that I will continue to have sabr. I have the intention of it, but I don't know what weakness will take over me later on, so I'm going to add what words that, that ensure that the guarantee cannot come from me, inshaAllah. 
My intention is there. You will find me a sabir. But human weakness is human weakness. You know, to the best of my ability, as far as I can give a guarantee, I'll be sabir. But beyond that, it's in Allah's hands. Only Allah wills. Only if Allah wills. That I'll continue to have that sabr. The sabr, the resolve that I have right now, I don't know if I'll have it tomorrow. And this is again a very powerful lesson. You and I can have the intention of doing something good. You, you and I can have the intention of getting away from something bad. And as you're sitting in the masjid and you hear a reminder, you make a really strong intention and you have the sabr to stay with that intention. But a couple of hours later, the weakness comes back. And then, you know, the, that same resolve that was there, that you had made up your mind, that resolve, that strength of will is weakened, isn't it? It goes down. And so this, these words acknowledge that I'm going to try to commit to this as best as possible. You will find me, if Allah wills, from those that have sabr. Then finally, when both of them surrendered, one of them surrendered his, his incredible love of child, the other surrendered his love of life. Who wouldn't want to live? A young man with a whole life ahead of him. But he has this incredible reliance on Allah. And so he, they, they both surrender. Tallah is like sara'a. Right, so he he wrestled him down, and he he pinned him down. Lil Jabin, Jabin is your your cheek, right? This is Jabha and this is Jabin. So when he laid him down on the side of his face, and he's holding his head down, you know, because and the, the idea of holding the head down is because when he cuts, it's natural. If you're cut, you have a a jerk motion, right? So you have to hold the sacrificial animal down. So he says, Tallahu lil Jabin, when he laid him down on the ground, with his cheek to the ground, holding him down. And the knife is in his hand. That's implied already, because the only time you hold the animal down like that is when you're about to ready to, to cut. When they both surrendered, and he laid his hand down on the cheek. Can you just imagine the emotions at the moment? The surrender they both had to have, the, the fear they both had to overcome, the anxiety they both had to overcome. And then in that moment, when we called him, Ibrahim! So a voice is heard. Ibrahim is about to cut and a voice is heard. You've confirmed the truth in the dream. You've, you've fulfilled the dream. The vision that you saw, you've, you've, you've uh, fulfilled it. Allah brought him to the brink of the ultimate sacrifice and then said, you fulfilled the dream. You know, Now the thing about, I'll, I'll say one balaghi thing here and we'll conclude inshallah. Aslama. So in Arabic, aslama is used for he surrendered. Sallama is also used for he surrendered. And istaslama is also used for he surrendered. So, the, so you could say aslama, you can say sallama, and you can say istaslama. But aslama also can serve the luzum and ta'addi. What that means is they both surrendered. And it can also mean they caused others to surrender. Or they gave peace to others. And in those words, there's some very powerful echo. Not only did they surrender before Allah, it is their surrender that became a, a, an inspiration for millions and hundreds of millions to come after them to find it easier to surrender before Allah. Because what Allah has asked us after that is nothing close to what He's asked of them. Just think about the comparison. What do we do every year as an ummah that celebrates this moment? 
This moment that we're reading about. We do this at Hajj when we sacrifice the animal, yes? Now think about that for a moment. What did Allah ask of, of him? And what's Allah asking of us? Is there even a comparison? There's no comparison. Like the demand Allah made from our father Ibrahim salam and the demand that he's made from us. You know what that tells you? That Allah showed us that his, our father Ibrahim salam was willing to make what a remarkable sacrifice. And in comparison to that, مَا جَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مِنْ حَرَجٍ You haven't been given anything hard at all. So you and I should never find ourselves in a position where we say, oh, life is really hard. You know, the hardest thing in the life of a Muslim is probably hajj. Most money, most, sac most, most difficulty, most exhaustion, right? And they're in that, in that hardest sacrifice that Allah has asked, even then you're reminded this is nothing compared to what your father had to go through. Allah has actually made things way easier for you by, by the blessing and the inspiration of Ibrahim salam. So he, the, the Islam of Ibrahim salam actually gave us salam, gave us peace, gave us ease, gave us comfort, you know. So this is inna kadalika najil muhsinin. And so in the conclusion of this ayah, Allah says, and that is how, no doubt about it, we compensate those who excel as if to say, after that, any who try to do their best in this deen, we will, we will uh, you know, fulfill uh, and we will have them overcome the most difficult trials where they think they're on the verge of doing something that is so painful and Allah will rescue them from it. And this is the kind of jaza that Allah will give for all those that try to do their best. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us from Al-Muhsineen. Barakallahu li walakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.